0: You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Postgame Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to our Bears-Bills post game show. The final whistle just sounded, and our Bears took care of business against the Buffalo Bills as they ended up with a 41-9 victory, thanks to a gigantic second quarter from the Bears defense. I'm Harris Wildewitt, and to help me break down this game, I have two of my Bears brothers right here with me. I have Brandon Hazel and Nicholas Moriano. Gentlemen, I want to bring back the summarize this game in one word. And Nick, you're up first.
1: Let's go with dominant. I think that's a good uh, word to describe this entire game from offense, even defensively, obviously defensively. But you just knew right from the kickoff, the Bears are going to win this game and winning pretty convincingly. Sure. What about you, B? I'm
2: going to say fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Everyone on the field looked like they're having fun on the Bears sideline on the field. I was having fun watching the game. We're going to have fun on the post game show here. Uh, so I think fun's the, the right word here.
0: Absolutely. For me, I mean, joyous, kind of along the same thing as you, Brandon. Like that second quarter, it was a lot of fun. I was on my feet almost as much as I was sitting down taking notes for this post game show. So for me, of course, uh, this was a lot of fun indeed. And I'm excited to break it down. So let's go ahead and jump right into our opening drive in the first quarter of our show. And let's go ahead and begin with my monster moment of the week. And guys, could I just lump all three second quarter turnovers for the defense here? Because you have Eddie Jackson's forced fumble uh, and also touchdown return on that. Um, I don't know. I think Roquan Smith was more of the determinant that led to that forced fumble. But, you know, there's some disagreement there. But regardless, such a great play by those two. Uh, Adrian Amos had an interception. Leonard Floyd had to pick six. And then, of course, uh, later on, uh, Kyle Fuller had another interception, but with those two interceptions, uh, Amos's and Leonard Floyd's, uh, Kyle Fuller is a big reason why they're able to give those up because of that tight coverage and getting his hand up there in the ball. So for me, uh, my monster moment is just going to be that huge second half by the Bears' defense, second quarter by the Bears' defense, coming away with these turnovers, getting all the confidence out of the Bills' offense, and, of course, uh, putting up some points on the board by themselves. 14 in that second quarter was all we needed in this game to kind of have enough uh, lead, well, maybe not to Matt Nagy's uh, extent, but yeah, we'll get there. We'll talk about it. But, Brandon, over to you. What do you have for your stat of the game?
2: Uh, My stat of the game is going to be the number four, because as you alluded to, that's the number of turnovers they had in this game. But more importantly, that was also the number of sacks that was in this game that the Bears defense produced. It was important for the pass rush to come back in this one because it's kind of an absent the last few weeks, especially since the bye week. Uh, And even though a lot of the sacks came more in the second half, the pressure was there for the majority of the game. And that was very important to get that reestablished going into Detroit next week. So four, not only for the amount of turnovers, but also the number of sacks that the Bears defense produced in this one.
0: All right. And Nick, over to you. Do you have a knack
1: or a knock? Definitely have a knack for this one. Just has to go with the Bears. Really their defense and what they're able to do in this game. And you guys alluded to all the turnovers that really took the Buffalo Bills out of the equation right from the very beginning. Deflated that team. You just knew that this Bears team was taking over a dominant performance by a defense led to easy scores for the offense. And Jordan Howard is also a big part of that rushing the football. So it's going back to, in a, in a way, the old ways of the Bears playing with great defense and having, you know, that running game going. They didn't have a good yards per carry average in this game, but they had two touchdowns from Jordan Howard. So that's what my neck is going to be, just going back to the old ways to kind of win this game and have a dominant performance overall.
0: I was going to go around the horn and ask everybody to, you know, give us the lowdown, like why did the Bears win today? But I think we can all come to an agreement. Uh, Not only was it that second quarter, you know, that Bears defense forcing these turnovers, take, getting those takeaways and getting points up on the board, um, but also for the offense outside of that one interception, which, again, we'll talk about here coming up from Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, they did a good job of playing, what, doing what they need to do, taking care of the football, even though I know Trubisky had a fumble early on as well. At least it wasn't a turnover because if that one was... uh. That could have been disastrous from the start for the Bears. But I think overall, the Bears' defense, what they did in that second quarter is exactly why the Bears were able to come out with such a convincing victory today. So jumping right along to our next topic, we need to hand out
2: our... How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.
0: MVB, and I'm curious to see where this is going to go. And, Brandon, I'll let you kick that off.
2: I'm going to give, like, co-MVBs. Give it to the inside linebackers in this one. Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, I thought, played very excellent games all around. Roquan still struggled a little bit in coverage from time to time, but for the most part, uh, the two combined for 25 tackles today, uh, including the the bone crunching one that Dane and laid on Chris Ivory there on the first and goal, uh, what was unfortunately not quite a goal, line stand. Uh But I thought overall, these two guys, Roquan Smith and Dane Trevathan, played very, very lights out and really uh, led the charge for defense throughout the entire game. You could throw Kyle Fuller in there as well, or Kurt Fuller. Uh, as the guys on TV said. uh, But I think that these guys really uh, brought a lot of energy, brought really a lot to the table for this defense, and that's why the defense played very, very well today.
0: Well, I'm giving Kurt, Kyle Kirk, whatever they called him. uh, (laughs) But I'm going to call him Kyle Fuller because that's his name. Uh, I'm going to give him my MVP. He had two assists on those interceptions, like I mentioned in my monster moment. Uh, He also snagged his fourth interception of the year, which was that Bears fourth turnover of the day. I thought he had tremendous coverage all game long and. Even if it wasn't interception and even when the game was out of reach, look at that two-point conversion near the end of the game as well for Buffalo. Great coverage on that to go up, put a hand on the ball. So for me, Kyle Fuller, uh, he had himself a day and a lot of Bears did today. But for me, uh, being a part of three turnovers, that's huge. So for me, Kyle Fuller is going to be my MVB. And Nick, I'm going to hand it off to you now. Who do you got?
1: You know, obviously, I mean, Kyle Fuller is definitely deserving of this because he played a fantastic game. But I'll just go a different route here. I thought Eddie Goldman played a fantastic game, especially early on. He had five total tackles, and uh, that's the second best in his career so far. He had um, in 2017, he had six career, I think, which is his high. But Eddie Goldman is just a dominant force up the middle that. Bills running game couldn't get going regardless of who they had in there as running back. So Eddie Goldman, I just they, you know, played fantastic. And also, as Brandon would say he's giving out co MVBs, Leonard Floyd really stepped up today. I know he didn't have a register that solo or that sack, but just in coverage wise, being able to create pressure, he did a lot better this game. So he's strung together two back to back games now to where he's getting closer. And obviously he had the pick six today, but I mean, that's a good thing for Bears fans. A good thing for Leonard Floyd that he is on the right track now.
0: Absolutely. Leonard Floyd, like you said, uh, he was getting pressure more consistently. Of course, Buffalo's offensive line is uh, one that he really needs to find a way to generate pressure again. So yeah, good call there to add him as a co-MVB. Up next, we're going to enter the second quarter of our show and talk about the Bears offense today that only had, Oh, what? Let me do, I lost the number as soon as I went for it, guys. Oh, less than 200 yards total, I think, today. Um, but still, that was all they needed uh, to come away with the victory. But first, I'm going to call a quick timeout and tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're in searching for a last-minute deal, playing a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's something quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears brothers, we have the SeatGeek apps on our phones, our devices, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to purchase tickets. I'm personally a big fan of how they make searching for the best uh, values because all you have to do is sort by value and instantly you're able to make sure the tickets that you're looking for are the most worth it. And of course, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket experience uh, you know, easier than ever. And it doesn't just end with sports because SeatGeek has plenty of tickets to concerts, comedy, and theater too. And before the show, I was still checking out the next two uh, you know, home games for the Bears and Lions. Vikings, big ones. We need you to show up. So check out SeatGeek because there's still a few amazing deals left. And if you're considering going to this game, I encourage you to look soon before these amazing deals are no longer available. And the best part of all is that our listeners do get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code Bears today. That's promo code Bears, B E A R S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Alrighty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by my two Bears brothers, Brandon Hazel and Nicholas Moriano. We are breaking down this Bears 41-9 victory over the Buffalo Bills, and we're heading into the second quarter of our show, talking about that Bears offense that only had 190 yards today, only 4.1 yards per play, 126 yards through the air. But again, in a game like today, when you're facing such an abysmal offense and your defense takes care of business, Uh, putting up points on their own. You don't need a lot of offense to come away with the win, and that's how I'm going to open up my opening thoughts here. But, uh, Nick, over to you. Do you have any general observations from the entire offense that you want to bring up?
1: You know, uh, I'm actually going to take this in a more negative way, and obviously the Bears blew out the Buffalo Bills fantastic, but I just thought that when it was especially third and short situation or even in the red zone, the play calling was a little – uh, I, I guess it got too cute for me. There was a couple of times where you see the, there's the option around in third and three and Trubisky options it to three Cohen. They lose yards on that play. Uh, obviously don't convert on the downs. And then you have plays where you have Eddie Jackson also in, which is, you know, something different. But at times I think Matt Nagy just needs to be straightforward with his play calling and, you know, give the ball to Howard, just kind of traditional kind of packages, because sometimes that can hurt your team as opposed to just not going straight with, uh, you know, like a regular kind of play call. Um, And we saw that evident in today's game. Uh, The offense didn't have that good of a day, but they didn't need to because their defense played phenomenal. So I just want to see the play calling, I guess, improve a little bit because there were times where Nagy's putting in these, I guess, diverse packages. And it hurt him at times. So that needs to get cleaned up moving forward.
0: Yeah, there's like a third and short and they end up running the option when this game's already out of reach and like, why would you run such a risky play call that can easily end up with either your quarterback taking a big shot, the ball on the turf, a combination of the two. It didn't make much sense to me. Um, And another part of this, which I guess we can go with this negative stuff before we kind of get into the positives. Why do you have your starters out there t- towards the end of the game? Taylor Gabriel is injured. We'll hopefully get an update on him here soon from the post game press conference, but why do you have your starters in that late in the game? I know that perhaps Nagy was irked that Buffalo was able to score some points and I left that first rushing touchdown. So you want to go ahead and combat that, but you're up by so much. The game's out of reach. There's really no reason to put any of these players at risk. You have so much more to play for coming up with uh, this divisional stretch and a very important second half of the season. You're moving on to five and three to me. It didn't make a lot of sense. Brandon, can you write the ship? Can you get more positive for us?
2: Yeah, how about Anthony Miller stepping up in place of uh, Allen Robinson in this one? Even Taylor Gabriel, uh, in certain instances, was able to, to have a pretty good game, drew a, a big P.I. there late in the second half, I guess third quarter. Um, but regardless, I thought the wide receivers played pretty well today, uh, despite you know the ball not being tossed around as much as I guess I was expecting it to. I mean, this Bill's defense is tough, so we— we knew that going into it, Uh, but overall I thought the wide receivers played, played very well uh, for the most part. And I still think we're seeing some growth from Trubisky knowing in certain instances uh, that he can throw it deep in one-on-one coverage. And he's going to get a defensive PI. We've seen it with uh, Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel in this game. So I like the aggressiveness that was still there throughout the coach, but I do agree with you guys. The coaching I think is the biggest negative aspect of this game as far as the offense goes.
0: And they didn't have one single third down conversion in the second half, which kind of surprised me. I understand that, uh, you know, the game's over. You're not being as aggressive, but obviously they were trying to be somewhat aggressive. So for me, uh, they were three for seven on third down at halftime. And they ended up only three of 11. So those are some obvious third down struggles. I know the Bills defense is uh, one of the better ones on third down. But of course, uh, heading into the divisional stretch, uh, third down offense is going to be a very key component of success against some of these defenses. Um, guys, do you have any final thoughts about the Bears offense before we kind of jump into uh, you know position specifics?
1: The like the statistics. statistics. <laughs> I think, Jinx. Yes. I yes. think so. I mean, it's <laughs> it was a little muffled, but we were on the same page there.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: All right, sounds good. The
0: only other thing I want to mention is uh, when you look at the stats and you see that you know the Bills had almost double the amount of plays, um, still didn't even get almost double the yards though, which kind of shows how you know bad they are. But the Bears, they went from a seven-zero lead to 20, a twenty-eight-to-zero lead. Despite only running five plays on offense, thanks to what the defense was able to do. Just to put that in perspective of perhaps why you're seeing such a downturn in some of these offensive numbers, I wouldn't look too much, you know, too far into them because, again, uh, the lead extended 21 points despite the offense only needing five plays to do it. And one of those is that Jordan Howard 18 yard touchdown as well. But jumping right into player specifics, uh, Nick, I'll kick it over to you for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, up and down day, uh, which has been the story of the season for the most part. Uh, what did you like? Let's start with the positives.
1: Yeah. So there were some big time throws that Mitch Trubisky hit in this game. And one that I'm going to talk about is after there was a Trey burden pass interference call on him, uh, there was it was obviously a third and fifteen, I believe, or no, it was it was a long play, obviously with the penalty. And there's pressure coming right in Trubisky's face, and he has to throw an absolute dart to Anthony Miller on the left sideline. And again, pressure in his face is able to put the ball right on the money. And then I think Anthony Miller, after that play, actually mocks uh, the Bills' head coach uh, Sean McDermott, saying, "Oh, this is not a catch." He was uh, McDermott was saying that it wasn't. But it was. So there were some big-time throws uh, in that aspect. And then he also hits Trey Burden later. I think it was earlier in the game for a 26-yard pass over the middle. So a lot of things, there were some good things, definitely, in a game where he only completed, I think it was 12 passes, 12 of 20. So obviously not a huge day for Trubisky. But there were instances, like Brandon was alluding to earlier, where there was was, uh, glimpses of progression being made. Trubisky was able to make stuff happen with his feet again, um, trying to find – I think it was on the very first offensive possession – finds a wide-open Miller on a third down play. So he's moving the chains, which you want to see. But then there's those throws like we were alluding to earlier where the the downs and the interception interception would be the down. Don't know what was happening on that play. Maybe if – I think he was targeting Trey Burton on that play. He was. Uh, He was, and obviously if that ball is maybe – if he ran ran a corner route on that play, that that could be a completion. But obviously he was coming flat with the out route. So yeah, it was a mixed bag. But Trubisky didn't have to do much in this game because the defense was so dominant.
0: Exactly, and this is a game where you know you didn't need him to win you in the game, which is totally fine. But you talked about a few really good throws, and I have a lot of them, and a lot, of, especially early on, and they're the three third down conversions. So the very first one in the game it was third and ten. Uh, We went with an empty backfield, and he was able to evade pressure, find Anthony Miller for 19, really threw a strike on that ball. Um, Later on, he had another nice ball to Taylor Gabriel on third down that ended up going for 22. And he talked about that one uh, to Trey Burton for 26. That was a conversion on third and 19. And I thought that was a very special throw over the middle of the field, right where that ball needed to be in order for Burton to not only get that ball, convert in that third down, but also avoid some contact after the catch to protect his player as well. Um, and then just a few plays later, the Bears were able to find pay dirt. So for me, those third downs were huge. And then one more play I want to kind of uh, allude to here. On the second play of the second half of the Bears' offense, it was right after that huge uh, 47-yard pass interference penalty, Trubisky hit uh, Taylor Gabriel along the sideline. And this is a play that I really liked because uh, he used his feet to extend it. He rolled to his right. And with pressure in his face, he did a little small pump fake. And just that small little move uh, enabled the defender. He jumped up, and when he got off of his feet, um, it let Trubisky continue to leak out and had a wide open window to throw that ball instead of trying to throw it through that defender or over the defender. So some small things like that just show that he's growing. He's getting a little bit more savvy with the football. So, yeah, even though it was an up-and-down day and the stats aren't you know overly impressive when you look at it, 12 of 20, uh, 6 yards per pass. Um, one interception, and he was sacked at one time. So, And he had the touchdown. So even though it wasn't like overly impressive on a scoreboard, I think these are one of the instances where um, he played within the aspects of the game and did exactly what we needed to do to come away with the victory. Uh, What about you, B?
2: There were a couple instances I'm going to call out. uh, I think it's four play, four or five plays here early in the game. Uh, Specifically looking at the first drive here when Trubisky finds Anthony Miller a couple times. Comes out firing. Uh, That's something I think really shows his confidence and his uh. Uh, attempt to try and set the tone throughout the game, uh, be aggressive. And that's exactly what he did finding Anthony Miller a couple times there. Then on the third and 10, where he fumbled the ball, he evades the initial pressure rolls, right? Trying to be patient, keeping his eyes downfield. Uh, but then he ends up getting the ball stripped from him. Eric Kush recovers. But I like the fact that he's being patient, trying to wait for the routes to open up. Uh, but at some point you have to be able to make that decision to either throw it away or hop out of bounds really fast. But I do like that. He's still keeping his eyes downfield, trying to be aggressive. Then on the second, uh, drive of the game. Uh, the third and seven pass Taylor Gabriel over the middle for 22 yards. That's another pass, again, showing the aggressiveness. He's not going to uh, pump the brakes in certain situations, not looking just for passes to the sticks. He finds Taylor Gabriel for 22 yards on that one. And then the first play of the second quarter, it's a third and 15. Trubisky hits uh, Trey Burton deep down the middle. Uh, well, I guess it's not deep. It's 16 yards uh, down the seam. And that's one that, uh, you know, he's able to get the first down on that one. That was one where he's looking for a pass to get to the changes to get to the first down because it's a, a longer play. But this is the uh, tr- uh, the match that I don't think we would have seen at the end of last year or even beginning of this year, really, uh, is he's looking to be aggressive, look downfield, and he's going to try and get us uh, plays to get to the sticks on these longer third downs. And I think that he set the tone early with this couple passes to Anthony Miller. Uh, but for most Aside from the play calling, I thought Mitch by himself had a pretty, pretty okay day. I was okay with him throwing it deep to Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller, like I alluded to earlier, uh, downfield to draw those PIs. He's got that confidence, which is something we wouldn't have seen eight weeks ago. I don't think.
0: No, I don't think so either. And. Talking about these third downs and these conversions, and even if it's like you know, second long, I love these concepts where routes are going past the sticks. And uh, compared to like previous years on this podcast, we're always complaining like, "Why are we running a six-yard route when it's third and eight? And we, that's really no longer a thing here in Chicago anymore, which of course is uh, exciting. But moving on over to these uh, receivers today, uh, the leading receiver for the Bears was Anthony Miller, with the five catches, forty-nine yards on six targets. So he was able to haul in, you know, five of six of his the balls thrown his way. Nick, what did you see from Miller today that really allowed him to kind of, you know, step up and kind of assume this leading
1: wide receiver role? You know, I think it's just Anthony Miller and just kind of learning more so... With the season kind of going on, how coverage works and trying to find the open spots. That first series is a good uh indication of that where Trubisky does throw that. I think it was third and nine, third and ten, third and longer, uh, throws that first down pass to Anthony Miller. Miller knows exactly where one, where he needs to be to get the first down and where the soft spot in that zone is at. And that's what Anthony Miller, I think each week is just getting better at. And now with him having to take more of that. I would say maybe number one role with Allen Robinson being out and obviously Taylor Gabriel still being there, he has to step up. That's what he's getting better at. Just being uh, someone that Trubisky can rely on for one and knowing exactly where he needs to be at all times. So um, I think you're just going to see that production increase from Miller because he's just that good of an athlete and a good wide receiver. That's why the Bears drafted him in the second round, moved up to get him because he they can he can be a guy that they can count on. But, yeah, I think it's just uh, with more reps, more opportunities, Miller's just going to get better. Absolutely. What about you, B? Any uh, receivers, targets
0: that you want to kind of shed some light on?
2: I talked a lot about anything Miller to start, so I just kind of want to touch on Trey Burton here. He had the two receptions on three targets and that 16 yard, and then his touchdown receptions. So it's nice to know that there's a, a reliable tight end finally here in Chicago uh because he's I think they said on TV he's the second uh leading touchdown receiver as far as tight ends go in the league. Uh so it's something they should continue to to work down there in the red zone. Uh Trey Burton he's a an athlete he's gonna go up and get some of those fifty fifty balls if we have to and he's also got reliable hands. So let's continue to to work that, that bell cut down there in the in the red zone. I like Trey Burton a lot down there.
0: Yeah. And of course uh on top of that, Taylor Gabriel had himself another productive day. He had the three catches for 45 yards, and he was the, uh, the receiver who drew that 41-yard pass interference as well. So if you want to add that, it comes up to over 80 yards that he helped this offense gain today. And again, I'm going to be looking for him in terms of this injury, and he'll be able to walk off, and hopefully it's nothing too overly serious Um, But again, uh, he's someone who's a very vital part of this offense for a lot of reasons, especially his speed and his ability to make plays after the catch. Uh, So for me, uh, you know, Taylor Gabriel played within the realm of the offense. Uh, He came up with the big catches when he needed to. Um, again, only five, ca- uh, five targets today, but three catches, 45 yards. And even though the bills coming into this game, guys, we talked about it. They don't give up a lot of big plays today. I thought the bears were getting some decent chunks against this defense, which uh, surprised me because he didn't see the Patriots do that the week before. he really did not uh, They did a lot of dinks and dunks and things underneath. And the bears really did, you know, push the envelope a little bit, attack that secondary and it worked really well for the most part today. So uh, kudos to Matt Nagy for continuing to be aggressive here with this offense. Uh, But going right into the Bears' running game, they had only 64 yards on the ground, but Jordan Howard had 14 carries, uh, 47 yards, including the 18-yarder, which was one of his two touchdowns today. Uh, Nick, what's your take about what the Bears were able to do um, on the ground? Because for me, even though they didn't have a bunch of yards, right, only 64, I was still impressed and I was excited about that they stuck with it with 25 carries today in a game where uh, they just wanted to kind of, especially towards the end, kind of just take some of the momentum away from the Bills, keep that offense off and just wear down the clock.
1: Yeah, I was uh, encouraged to see what they did on the ground because I didn't think the blocking in this game was as it was uh, against the Jets, just was not there. I saw obviously with Leno, James Daniels, I think struggled with a a little bit today. So to see what Jordan Howard is able to do and then finishing runs, that was encouraging to see because he was really putting the pounding on some of these Bills defenders, just kind of finishing off those runs like we've seen Jordan Howard do in the past. So that was encouraging. Then Tariq Cohen as well, just being able to make, you know, plays that are going to be nothing out of something. Um, There's a couple of those, even at punt returns as well. But sticking to just running the football, there's there is just no blocking and he's able to make something happen. So that was encouraging to see uh from the running game. But that 2.6 uh, yard average definitely needs to get improved, especially coming with uh division games coming up in the next couple of weeks and next week as well. So I want to see it uh, continue to get better, but I did like what I saw from Jordan Howard on those runs and obviously getting into the end zone.
0: Yeah. And I really liked that. The very first play was that little jet sweep motion with Anthony Miller. And he ended up getting the ball gaining nine yards because uh, for the rest of the game, whenever the bears will ever, you know, showed the jet look and they put players in motion you can tell that the bills defense was kind of keying in on that because they you know you show it the very first play like we're not afraid to give it to these players um in space and i mean it worked well for nine yards and for the rest of the game it gave the bills defense uh, just one more thing to worry about so that's just another small aspect i want to bring to the table but what about you b again even though jordan howard had the 47 yards today two touchdowns uh do you think he was uh he's continuing along the right track compared to what we saw last week and now coupling it with what we saw today
2: yeah, I thought he looked really good, looked really in rhythm, despite the, the offensive line not generating the push that I thought they should have. He he looked good despite having only 47 yards. I like that he uh, initiated the contact, especially on that 18-yard touchdown where he lowers his head. is able to run over the Bills defender, walk himself right into the end zone. That was super nice to see. That's kind of how I think I know that he's feeling in rhythm. He looks really good. I mean... There were a couple times where the Bears offensive line was really just losing the point of attack and the bills defenders were just right there before Howard could even get a read on the, on the offense or on the defense. Excuse me. Uh, but I kind of want to critique Tariq Cohen a little bit and kind of praised him a little bit. I'm going to uh, critique him here because I think if he's a little bit more patience, so than are just immediately trying to bounce these runs outside. He would have a little bit more than nothing to work with. I know that uh, the bills defensive line is, is tough and there's not a whole lot of reads that he's going to be able to make, but when he's just so destined to try and get to the edge and try and create something, uh, the the Bills were able to take that away from Tariq cone for the most part today. And also, when an to add uh, for Tre Cohn as well, talked about it in the previous show, uh, the Bears are now five and one when Tariq cone gets more rushes than receiving uh, attempts. So, just another fun stat to keep in mind.
0: That is a fun stat indeed. So, a lot of uh, criticism for the Bears offensive line today, which I believe is you know it's due, it's just. Um, Nick, how much of that do you think is uh, the Bills defensive line uh, being good, which we said this week that they are a very strong unit, and how much of that is Kyle Long's injury?
1: I think it has to do with both of those when you really think about. It. This is a good Bills front seven, and they have done some damage to other opposing offenses, so it is tough to block. And I think missing Kyle Long is definitely going to affect how an offensive line performs because he was playing some pretty good football, almost as good as what when he was making you know three consecutive Pro Bowls early on in his career. And then you get that injury sideline, That's definitely going to affect the offensive line, but it also doesn't help when guys are just not winning those one-on-one matchups, especially, you know, I didn't think that the tackles played all too well today. And when Charles Leno has three false starts in that was one game, brutal, that was brutal to watch. I think two came on back-to-back plays if I'm not mistaken. So you're already behind the chains. That's not going to help James Daniels. I was really, because I, you know, made him, I said he was going to be the MVP X factor watching him specifically in this game times where he's pulling and because he was, uh, you know, credit in college and he, and he is, he's a very fast athlete. He gets out uh, when he pulls, he just doesn't know where the actual defenders at. So he's kind of over pursuing. And then at times he's just getting manhandled. He's just going uh, over, you know, overpowered by these defensive linemen. So that's not going to help the run game. So the offensive line, um, you know, needs to play better, but not having long there and also going against a good front. seven, is maybe why they didn't have that good of a game. So hopefully you see that improve next week, but yeah, they definitely need to improve moving forward.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so I saw Eric Cush. He had like that little neck roll on, which you don't see those too often anymore in the NFL. And then uh, they he uh, was rotating. So the Eric Cush rotating at guard is still a thing with uh, Wittsman, uh which I know at one point there was one play that he was totally bullied on a, on a run, just destroyed, and that was not fun to see. But, uh, Brandon, over to you. What's your take on uh, this Wittsman-Cush rotation at right guard now? Because for me it's uh, – it has me slightly hesitant moving forward to the rest of the season because I think we're going to really miss Kyle Long at one point or another right there.
2: Yeah, the rotation uh, scares me, and I think part of that's probably just because of Kush's injury. Uh, I just don't like this this rotation at all. I thought it was really weird. We've seen Bradley Saul in there on the offensive line at some points, possibly in there at guard as well, because uh, I noticed Witzman. I noticed Saul, uh Kush, Daniels, as we all pointed out, uh, and I think that really creates some some continuity issues as far as establishing a good run game and good pair good pass protection because with guys coming in and out like that, uh, like I've said before, they have to be able to create a rhythm and work with one another. And when different guys are coming in being swapped all the time, you got to be able to look who's to your left or to your right and know who that is and how they're going to play the certain, the certain blocking scheme. So I think that's uh, definitely concerning for me as far as that rotation goes. But I think the whole offensive line is a unit outside of Cody Whitehair struggled in this one. You mentioned that the false starts by Charles Leno, James Daniels had a holding, I believe Eric Cush just didn't look very sharp. Whitman just continued to uh, be pushed backwards rather than creating any momentum going forward. Bobby Massey got beat a couple times today. So outside of Cody White, I mean the whole offensive line struggled, uh, but for good reason, you got to give credit to the bills uh, front seven in this one, just a uh, kind of a disappointing effort. I didn't think they would look as bad as they did in this one.
0: Yeah. The bears being beaten on the point of attack is evident by the fact that the bills had seven tackles for our loss today, which of course is a very gaudy number Um, at that. So, With all this said, any final thoughts about the Bears' offense today? I have one stat that I want to bring up before we kind of switch it over to the defense. But, Nick, any final thoughts about what the Bears' offense did today uh, and your projections moving forward?
1: Uh, You know, I won't even go that route. I I know that you tweeted out, Will, um, that Taylor Gabriel's injury was just soreness, which is, you know, hopefully—obviously, that's what you want to— for an injury, that's probably the best-case scenario because anything worse— That would have been a big blow, especially on, like we were alluding to earlier in the podcast, on a play that probably shouldn't have been ran. They were on the goal line there, just kind of handed off to Jordan Howard. Hopefully, that doesn't come back to bite the Bears, but that's all I'll say on that. I think that the offense will be fine. They played a really good Bills defense and now go uh, host the Detroit Lions. This message is brought to you by Regeneron. If you have diabetes, listen closely because your ears could help your eyes. Excess sugar from diabetes could lead to eye
0: damage and vision loss, even blindness, and you might not even notice it at first. So remember, now is the time to get your eyes checked. Eye care is especially important with diabetes. See a path forward with actions and potential treatment options that may help your eyes and protect against vision loss. Go see an eye care specialist and visit nowic.com
1: to take charge of your eyesight. That is N-O-W-E-Y-E-S-E-E dot com. Team that's, you know, obviously lost today, and we'll see what happens there. What about you, B? Any final thoughts on offense?
2: I, I like the aggressiveness that we've seen throughout the entirety of the game. I think that Matt Nagy kept his guys in there longer than I think we all would have liked. Uh, and it's sort of an attempt to send a message to Detroit like we're not backing down. We're going to keep our foot on the gas the whole time. Uh, Could have came back and bit us with the Taylor Gabriel thing, but if it's just soreness, then like Nick said, that's kind of best case scenario as far as that goes. Uh, But I think if Detroit looks at that stat line and goes, well, if he's trying to be aggressive, then why didn't they have a better stat line? So uh, all good things to really be uh, considering. Uh, But I think that this offense is in good shape despite the lackluster or mediocre performance. I think they'll perform better against Detroit. Just uh, the defense did enough that the offense didn't have to worry too much today
0: exactly i can't really say much better than that because the bears didn't have a ton of offensive plays today they didn't need to score many points after the fact after the bears defense uh just pretty much took matters into their own hands and took control of this game so yeah even though it wasn't our favorite offensive performance by far it was not our worst of the year and you know as long as uh they find ways to win games i mean that's honestly at the end that's all that really mattered so for me i'm going to kind of transition here to the bears defense cuz i think they have a bigger hand uh, today in this number, but the bears officially now have uh, the third best point differential in the entire league with a plus 82. So that's a huge, uh, you know, stat that it's going to lead to uh, Well, has led to a five and three record. We'll see what happens for the next half of the year. Uh, So that's how I'm going to cap off our offensive discussion. And real quick, before we talk about the Bears' defense, I'm going to call a quick halftime. I'm going to let you know um, if you have any Bears questions, either about the first eight weeks or the next eight weeks or about this game or perhaps about the Lions. Uh, feel free to give us a phone call at 872-240-4007. Leave a voicemail with your question, and later on this week, we're going to answer those questions. So, again, any Bears question you have, whether in being uh, something that's already happened something that you're looking forward to or somewhere in between, uh, give us a voicemail at 872 872- Two four zero four zero zero seven. All righty, guys. Let's go ahead and jump right into the third quarter of our show. And I want to know: Do you have any general thoughts about this defense to kick things off? And Brandon, I'll let you start.
2: Penalties, penalties, penalties. I think the Bears had fourteen on the day. Obviously, not all of them on the defense. Uh, Charles Leno took three of them. Obviously, so just there's one drive that really stands out to me. Uh, it's that first defensive series in the fourth quarter. It just I was getting so frustrated, I was getting so mad, and I don't like to blame officials, uh, but there were some questionable things by them. But still, uh, I'm under the belief that if you don't want the flag to be thrown, don't do anything that would even uh, them, the ref even think of throwing the flag. Uh, but it's just they, you know, th- the Bills were faced with third and 16 and second and 30 on that drive, and they still couldn't get off the field. In fact, that's the one where Nathan Peterman snuck in. Uh, so they've got to be able to shore that up uh, before going to Detroit. As much as I'd love to be able to say positive things about it, that really, really bugs me how loose they got in that that fourth quarter there.
0: Yeah, it's it's frustrating to watch, and you know we don't do this a lot in the podcast. But I will say that officiating was questionable at best with some of these very ticky tacky calls on this Bears' uh, defense, especially down the stretch. It seemed like they were really doing whatever they can to keep the ball in Buffalo's hands. But I'm a Bears fan, so maybe I see it a little bit differently than most. But uh, what about you, Nick? What's your general takeaway from the Bears defense today in a dominant performance?
1: Yeah, I just thought the whole entire group played, you know, a great chemistry from the defensive line all the way to the safeties. Everyone knew their assignments and were sound at playing them. That's why through the first, you know, most most of the game, it was just a dominant performance, like you said, Will, and Akeem Hicks was doing his job. Leonard Floyd was doing his job. You know, the inside linebackers were filling the gaps that the the defensive lineman actually held. And so it was just all a great group effort. Then you see Kyle Fuller causing interceptions for other players. It was a great performance, and it was against a Bills team that had an atrocious offense coming in. Nathan Peterman as quarterback. That's what you want to see. You want to see a defense take advantage of that, and they absolutely did.
0: Yeah, and it goes right back to the I love this replay stretch by the, the Bears secondary. Jackson sixty-five yard fumble recovery touchdown. Eddie Jackson comes back, very next play. Of course he's winded. Doesn't matter. He still makes for a tackle for a loss. Kyle Fuller, the very next play, knocks the ball loose from prior. Amos gets the interception. And then just three plays later, uh Fuller, you know, gets that hit in the coverage and Leonard Floyd has that pick six. So the Bears, I mean, everyone's pitching in and the secondary really stood up today. So even though the front seven uh was playing very well, being highly aggressive, uh, both against the run and going after Peterman, uh, the secondary made them pay in the back end as well. So it was a complete you know, effort from the entire defense to come away um, with not just the takeaways, not just the points off turnovers, um, but for the most part shutting down this Bills offense. I know they have the nine points, but for the most of the game, no one ever feared that the Buffalo offense was going to go off. And again, this was a very poor offensive uh, you know, unit coming into this game. We knew that. Um, But the fear was perhaps a letdown from the Bears' defense, and that did not happen. It didn't even come close to happening. Uh, so for that to happen without Khalil Mack um, is a great sign for things to come for this Bears because they should have him back next week. And once they do, if they play with this kind of mindset, this kind of attitude, things should only get better from here, which to even think about that is a very exciting if you're a Bears fan. But let's go ahead and jump right into some positional specifics. So let's start with the defensive line, and I want to begin by just giving some props to Eddie Goldman because I think I noticed this early on in the game, and it may have tapered off as the game wore on, but at least early in the game, he was making some great plays against the run. I mean, for no gains, maybe one, but he kept winning his gap, time in, time out, making the plays, not allowing anybody to run right by him. I tweeted out a live look at Eddie Goldman. It was just a brick wall. He was anchoring (laughs) the middle of this defense, and I think the brick wall is a perfect comparison from what 91 was able to do today. He was playing fast, fluid. Uh, He had an attitude to him today, and for Eddie Goldman, who is someone – who's often overlooked. I want to make sure I start off this segment by giving him some much needed love because he was the driving force early on that led to some more momentum in the Bears' favor as we went through this game. But what about you, Nick?
1: Yeah, I mean, it starts with that defensive line, and Eddie Goldman was a huge part of what was able to, for that defense to just contain that Buffalo I guess offense, you know, an asterisk there, quotations too. Um, but, uh, yeah, Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks was getting into the backfield, winning his one-on-one matchups, and that's what you want to see, especially in a 3-4 defense where, you know, the defensive end, like those guys in the middle, nose tackles are responsible for two gaps. They played it really well, were able to allow their inside linebackers to, you know, take advantage of how well they were playing it. So line of scrimmage was won early on from that defensive line um, for that Bears defense, and that's why they were able to, you know, do what they did for this uh, Buffalo, you know, offense. Like I said, wasn't very successful, and it all has to do and start with that Bears defensive line.
2: What
0: about you, B? Mr. Trenches, looking up front, uh, who do you want to kind of shed some light on?
2: I also want to shed some love to uh to Eddie Goldman. You guys have done it already, so I had to put it in my share. I uh, thought he played a very good game. Him and Akeem Hicks just did their thing in the run game. Took up so much room. Were responsible for their gaps. Were able to get off their blocks quickly and able to get some tackles for a loss. Both of them were. Uh, but also, let's take a look at John Bullard. He only had two tackles on the day, but there were he had a missed sack in there where he just shot through the line. I don't even think he was touched, and he's best play up right of the year from him. him. Absolutely, I agree. I don't think he was touched, lining up right in front of an offensive lineman. So very impressive by him there. He was also in there on the goal line stand on one of those runs that didn't quite get into the end zone before Nathan Peterman snuck in. Mm -hmm. I thought this was his best game of the year so far. Uh, So if we can continue to see that effort and that uh, uh, level of play from John Buller, we're going to have some very good things continuing to come from this defensive line.
1: And it's good to see those two guys stepping up, especially with Bilal Nichols not making the trip to uh, Buffalo. So he was having a good string of games, and then you have these guys that are maybe a little overlooked the past couple of weeks. But it's great to see that Bullard and Roy Robertson-Harris had a good games today.
0: Regardless, you have to really love the depth that the Bears have on this defensive line. It's really—I um, think it's going to be very pivotal down the stretch as we kind of head to the second half of this season because— I don't even though uh we we love Bilal Nichols and I want him to continue earning more playing time, to have guys like Bullard and Roy Robertson Harris who can also come in and play to a very similar level is very huge for this Bears. And don't forget, Nichols is a is still a surprise player at this point of his career, so uh, you know, you never know. He could regress, he could hit a plateau. Um, things like that do happen to rookies, um, but you never know. But one thing I want to mention here is just poor, poor Roy Robertson Harris, because at the end of the game he got that sack and they hear the broadcast say, Oh look, even the backups in here are getting the job done. I'm like, Aw. At one point he was <laughs> yeah. a starter. But it's like, oh no. <laughs> but of course the broadcast had some issues itself. So uh, Yeah, they did. But no, I thought the entire front, uh, you know, the defensive line really set the tone for this Bears defense from the very get-go. They were physical. Um, even though Nathan Peterman had that, you know, that rushing touchdown, that sneak, they did everything in their power to make sure that wasn't going to happen, like on the plays prior. And if they didn't have that, uh, again, a very soft call on the Kelvin Benjamin flop P.I., the Bears may have still had this streak going uh, throughout the eight games this season.
2: I just want to say the last time I'll probably talk about officiating on this show Unless today. it gets really, really bad. That flag was thrown from the opposite side of the field. The ref right in front of it didn't even think about throwing his flag.
0: And he could have called it off, too.
1: I'm just saying he, he yes. had a better
0: view. All it was right. a pity
1: party. That's what basically it was. You know, it was, you're right. So yeah. bad. Let's throw a flag. It is in Buffalo. Make the fans cheer a little bit. So <laughs> There's nobody there at that point, too. I saw, that. Yeah, I saw true, the stands. very
0: true. Just Bears fans. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and jump uh, outside to linebacker. And let's start the outside, guys, because you have Leonard Floyd, Aaron Lynch. Uh, even Isaiah Irving and Kylie fits out there as well. So I'm curious to, uh, who you want to talk about? I thought, um, Irving himself, he had a couple of flash plays today that really stood out to me, uh, getting into the backfield in a hurry, a tackle for a loss, a, pr- a really decent pressure. I think he was credited with a sack too, if I'm not mistaken today. Um, but what about you, Nick, uh, looking at the outside guys, I know you talked about Leonard Floyd earlier, but what else do you want to bring up here?
1: Yeah, ever since I put up that Leonard Floyd jersey that's right, uh, right above my pen right here, he's been stringing some good games together. So I'm going to keep that up there because we definitely need him to step it up. But in terms of his pass rush, I just like what he was doing, uh, today as opposed to earlier in the season, just kind of stringing, you know, a little bit of different moves. I saw a good spin move, almost got to Nathan Peterman, uh, incorporating some of the bull rush in there as well. So that's what you want to see from Leonard Floyd. And I think one of the plays that, um, is most encouraging or just shows the potential that Floyd has is his recognition for the game. um, And just the, how he's able to recognize certain plays. There's a screen pass. Leonard Floyd is going to rush the passer, but he immediately turns around, finds the, the player that caught the screen passes there, uh, you know, to help make the tackle shows the athletic ability that Leonard Floyd has and the speed that he plays with. So, and obviously just being in the right position to also get that pick six. So, we're seeing Leonard Floyd start to come alive now and we need this to happen especially with Cleo Mack being out the past two games we need him to just keep elevating his play it's only going to get better you hope um, when Cleo Mack comes back but I like what I saw from him and then also Aaron Lynch I think he's just really really good at containing the edge and stuffing the run he's been doing that I know he was in on a play on LaShawn McCoy makes a tackle four yards in the backfield just you know splits through the gap and is right right in the perfect position so I'm liking what I'm seeing from these outside linebackers and it goes down to even in the, you know the backups, as like the, the telecast alluded to.
0: Yeah, Aaron Lynch, I agree. He had a really good tackle for a loss uh, on McCoy off the edge. Um, and then on top of that, um, he followed up with a really great pressure on Peterman. And speaking of stringing plays together, you talked about Leonard Floyd. On that uh, screen, uh, that ended up being a tackle for a loss because, like you said, he diagnosed it quickly. Um, right on the very next play, he had a tackle for a loss against a run. And then on the third play after that, he got pressure on Peterman on third down who had to throw it away. So that whole drive on that three and out was brought to you by Leonard Floyd. So even though he's not hitting home, he's not getting the sack, I mean, he's able to string together some plays that uh, are impactful. And you know, even though um, he's still without a sack, he does have one touchdown, doesn't have an interception, so he's putting up some numbers elsewhere. And I know it's frustrating as a fan to be like, wow, he's a top-ten pick, he's a pass rusher, he should have a sack. And I agree, he should have at least a few to this point in the season. Um, but just remember the hand injury early on. I'm not saying that's hindering him now, um, but without a Cleo Mack, he is their number one guy that everyone's paying attention to off the edge, um, not an Aaron Lynch. Uh, so for me, once Mac gets back next week, let's see what Leonard Floyd can do with a little bit less pressure on him. But what about you, B? Uh, do you want to talk about these guys? And please avoid the Aaron Lynch thrusting. I don't know if you heard about that.
2: You know what? I was actually taking notes on the game, so I missed it. But uh, <laughs> I, was wondering what, I was wondering what the flag was for, because I, I totally missed the celebration. But if that's what it was, then I totally understand the flag. But uh, I, I predicted Leonard Floyd to be the MVP for this one uh, on Thursday, and he definitely could have earned it. Uh, I will say that, uh, but there are other guys that kind of overshadowed him on defense, which is really kind of unfortunate, I think, because he played a very, very good game for him, at least in the 2018 season comparably. Uh, Aaron Lynch had a very good day as well. Uh, but Leonard Floyd, I mean, you mentioned stringing those plays together. That drive was brought to you by Leonard Floyd, and there's another play early in the game where LaShawn McCoy is trying to bounce it outside, and out of nowhere, Leonard Floyd jumps out, sets the edge, another tackle for a loss or tackle at the line. Uh, so McCoy doesn't go anywhere on that one. He just had a very, very good day athletically, was able to diagnose everything, uh, thought he played very well. Aaron Lynch, same way, uh, very strong today. I was quicker than I was anticipating him being. I didn't realize how much athleticism he had as far as chasing after the quarterback. I mean, it's just Nathan Peterman not being as fast as maybe I expected him to be <laughs> as much as you know his pocket collapsed. I figured he'd be in pretty good shape. Apparently not. Uh, but I both these outside guys, and even Isaiah Irving, he got in there on a sack as well today. Uh, didn't quite see as much of him as far as playmaking, setting an edge, things of that nature. But at that point, the Bills were just in kind of desperation mode. had to Had to get some passes out there, so it was good that Isaiah Irving got in there and got a sack as well. Uh, overall, very, very good job by the offensive, or offensive outside guys today.
0: Well, they were being offensive. Leonard Floyd had some. Points <laughs> yes, they to were. Him. All right, bouncing into the inside linebackers. I want to start with Roquan Smith because. My first two notes on him are negative. Uh, It was one when he missed a tackle on McCoy um, on the flat at the very first third down of the day, allowing them to pick that up. And then later on, he was beat for 26 yards against someone named Jason Kroom. Never heard of the guy um, on a crossing route. He was unable to keep up, which was the longest throw ever.
2: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to five hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets, and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
0: From Nathan Peterman, um, and a lot of the yards came after the catch because uh, Smith wasn't in the right, you know, spot to make the tackle. And then he was chasing him, and he had to catch him after a little bit. Um, but then it all started. He had a play where he pushed Ivory out of bounds, and I tweeted out that was the best play from Roquan Smith all game long, and then the very next play back, pretty much as soon as I hit send, uh, that's when he and Jackson combined with that 4 fumble ends up going for that Bears uh, first defensive touchdown today, so Roquan Smith um, ended up turning his day around, and he was busy. He ended up leading the team with 13 tackles today, 11 of which uh, were solo, and he had a very productive day, and uh, it was a good. I, when you look at it, I think you realize like this is a reason why we brought him in. I know that forced fumble was one, um, but just the rest of the game as well. After that, he kind of settled into his zone and he looked as um, calm and as aggressive at the same time that I've seen all season. Uh, what about you, Nick? What do you do, What's your take on Roquan Smith's day?
1: Yeah, like just like you, I also had some some negative notes on Roquan Smith. Uh, there were some also some missed tackles from him, and I think with him with that a lot of underneath routes were thrown in him and he's like chasing these tight ends and that's why uh you know maybe that's also why he has 13 total tackles because that is his guy who has the ball but still he played a great game he's playing fast he's playing with his instincts and once he gets to obviously he's a very smart linebacker and missing training camp in the beginning i think once he actually gets to know you know exactly what offense you're going to throw at him those underneath routes, those are probably not going to be complete anymore. He has the athleticism to make that not happen, not even be an issue. So I like that he's a guy that he's not letting, other than that one uh, pass that went for 20 something yards, like you said, everything was pretty much in front of him. And that's what you want to see from Roquan Smith. And then just him coming downhill, making those wrap up tackles. Like I said, he missed a couple today, but he's getting better. So just once he learns, you know, learns the game even more. It's only going to get better for Roquan Smith and you could see why the Bears draft him in number eight. He's going to be a, he's going to be a great player to yeah. say it, you know, easily, but he's going to be great. And I like what I saw from him today. I know what you wanted to say. I was thinking the same
0: thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, he really is. And I think he's, his arrow is really starting to trend upwards because after, after, you know, I would say this season, it was more like a, a steady decline. Over the last couple of weeks, it's starting to really, you know, inch upwards. So that's very exciting uh, to see our first round, you know, pick starting to really start to blossom here in defense. Uh, what about you, B? Anything else on Roquan? Or do you want to talk about Danny Trevathan because he too had a very impressive day, game? I'll touch on,
2: on Roquan here shortly. Uh, not only does he possess these athleticism uh, traits that we talked about, but he also is like really strong. There were a couple times throughout this game where he's dragging guys down by himself, and there's really no one else around, which is weird uh, to think about. With as well as the Bears' gang tackle, but when he's the only one out there, I mean, he's making sure his guy didn't go anywhere in this one, so that was nice to see as well. Uh, And Danny Trevathan, when uh, when I'll just go back to Roquan here for a second, when he missed that open field tackle on McCoy, I went great. This is the same kind of play we've seen the last two weeks that we're going to see again out of Roquan and Danny Trevathan. Uh, But Trevathan didn't have these over-pursuit issues in this one, which was incredibly nice to see. He fixed that up. Uh, I don't think he missed any open field tackles, but he was all over the field today, which was nice to see. He was second on the team with 12 tackles in this one. Uh, I think he was in there for... I don't think he actually had a listed sack in this one, but uh, he was in there getting pressure on the quarterback as well with some of these eight-gap blitzes. He does have a quarterback hit. Uh, so that was you know nice to see that he's being used in in multiple ways. Seeing these eight gap blitzes come back a little bit, uh, didn't seem really struggle any in, in coverage either. So just a very sound game by Danny Trevathan. the bone cracking hit on Chris Ivory kind of made me cringe a little bit. I'll throw that one out there.
0: It did. It was a it was a very tough hit. I think the Bears' entire defense played with a very physical tone today. They were really laying out you know the punishment. But, you know, Danny Trevathan, like you said, uh, he was all over the field. And where I really liked him today, I was just right in the middle. He was able to stop a lot of runs, from little to no gain. He was shooting through the gaps. There was a few times when he was in the backfield, like within the blink of an eye. So for him to play as fast as he was today, as physical as he was today, that's what you want out of your leader of your defense. And that's Danny Trevathan. He's the heart and soul of it. And when he plays like that, yeah, as you can tell, guys, kind of you know, build off of it. And I think that's why you're seeing a bunch of big hits from not just the Bears' front seven, but also out of the secondary as well. Uh, Nick, do you have any final thoughts on either Trevathan Smith or the linebackers in general?
1: It's a special group. Let's just say that inside to outside, this can be, um, you know, a group for years to come that can just wreak havoc, uh, you know, on posing offenses. So it's encouraging that we're seeing, you know, all these individual performances come together, but once they all start to kind of come together completely and they're all playing to their full potential, man, that's going to be a great group to watch.
2: And yep. I'm going to be the first one uh, on the podcast in the regular season to say Joel EA Booneyway's last name correctly because he did get a tackle uh, on defense, not just special teams in this one.
0: There we go. I like it. Very nice. Congrats. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> All right. So, we'll move over to the Bears secondary today. They gave up 189 yards to Nathan Peterman on a whopping 49 throws from him today. Of course, he ended up with the three interceptions. Um, he ended up with a passer rating of uh what 45.4. And the Bears only gave up
1: 6.1 yards per
0: catch today. Nick, uh, what's your take on the Bears' uh, secondary unit?
1: I think they played overall a pretty good game. There were some times, though, where receivers were open down the field. Uh, there was this one play where I think Bryce Callahan actually came off due to an injury. Uh Sherrick McManus was uh the the nickelback at that time. LaShawn McCoy is running, you know, deep down wide open and then Kelvin Benjamin at the end there he has that ball but Adrian Amos puts on a fantastic hit to dislodge the football so other than those two plays he did a phenomenal job covering their receivers just sticking with them contesting every pass the Prince of Mukamura, um you know pass interference call that shouldn't have been a penalty in the first place you know he's there right in coverage so they did a great job covering the this unit for the Buffalo Bills, that's not very good. They're bringing on people off the streets. throughout prior being one to just play for them. So the Bears secondary, I thought, played you know fundamentally sound. Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller are the guys that really um, shined in this one. But yeah, just a great performance by that group.
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot of you know individual things I want to bring up here because they did their job today, which is exactly what we wanted and it's what we anticipated happening against the Bills' offense, where. Uh, receivers coming into the game only averaged less than 100 yards combined per game, like 93 yards. Uh, so I wasn't worried. And if they went, ended up going off against us, then I would have been worried. But for me, uh, the one that you talked about with that wheel route, I saw that too. And what happened was McManus got on the field late and he was talking to Danny Trevathan. And then for some reason, the message wasn't getting across and they ended up just shoving him over to the side and they pointed at someone. And then before even McManus got set, the ball is snapped and they all just kind of gelled over there and some weird obviously there's a blown coverage somewhere um but luckily for us it was nathan peterman under quarterback uh, because if it was someone else that could have been you know six points and a touchdown um and on top of that the game was pretty much out of reach by then. uh we are nitpicking here at this point but uh that's fair and that's what we're here to do um so for me that's really all i have because when you're looking at it calvin benjamin nine targets he only had 40 yards on four catches Uh, Then you're looking down the list here, Yeah, Zay Jones had six targets, only caught four for 18 yards today, so like, not a lot of impact happening today in a lot of uh, the bigger plays today. You see the 26-yard one, which I referenced with Roquan Smith in coverage on Jason Kroom, and then 20 yards from Chris Chris Ivory. Uh, Nothing overly uh, terrible today, and I think for the most part, they did a great job, uh, like you said, sticking to their guys, playing well. Uh, They got a lot of help from their front seven, which of course made their jobs a little bit easier today, but... Yeah, they did what they had to do. They had Nathan Peterman, and they found a way to make sure that they didn't let him beat him, which is more than we can say against Miami and Brock Eisweiler. So, Brandon, over to you. Uh, Anything else on the secondary?
2: They did a very good job of just contesting the whole – entirety of the play so if uh there was a pass thrown their way they were able to either get their hand on there and fight through it if the receiver got his hands on it or they stuck to their guy and did everything they could to prevent him from getting the ball which i think is absolutely huge in man coverage and uh, that's the conference i like to see that gets built uh going uh, into detroit next week they need to be able to continue to stick to their guys like they did today and maybe i don't know we've heard that kelvin benjamin is kind of lazy when it comes to running routes and we've seen that today has seen Two or three balls go straight through his hands. Adrian Amos was able to, to unlodge like the pass like Nick said earlier. Uh, so overall, I thought they just did a very good job of contesting uh, the entirety of the play from when the pass was delivered to their guy all the way till they brought him down to the ground or if it was intercepted or incomplete. They did a very good job of just fighting throughout the entirety of the game. And that's something they need to continue to do for the rest of the season. This, this was a very solid squad in this game. I got one more thing on
1: Kyle Fuller, and this not going to go on. It may, it may be on the stat sheet, but that two-point conversion, I think it was Terrell Pryor who was lined up on the outside with him. Kyle Fuller plays that absolutely – you can't play it any better because he jams the receiver at the line of scrimmage. is looking back at the quarterback and almost makes a fantastic one-handed, one-handed interception in, in the end zone. I mean, that's textbook. That's what you want to see out of out of your cornerbacks and obviously him just being positioned all day. And remember that big hit he put on Kelvin Benjamin too after he hit him. Yeah, he just kind of looking at him. Yeah, he was rolling backwards. So Kyle Fuller, I mean, we obviously got paid he got paid that contract in the offseason. The Packers wanted him. But the Bears, you know, obviously he's got the interceptions now. He's playing just complete football. Looking like a really good move by the Bears and for Kyle Fuller uh, at this point in the season.
2: The yeah. only thing that would have made that two point conversion better is if he'd caught the ball.
1: Oh, I know it was the one-handed well. interception yes. would have been Josh Jackson, like from the Iowa Hawkeyes against Ohio or, State. Just had to put that out there. Or Kyle Fuller, like. Or Kyle Fuller, like. <laughs> Kurt. Kurt. Kurt.
2: Kurt. Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller would have made the interception. That was so funny. He they
1: messed up on a couple of names. I heard Cody Parker, Parker. Yeah. Cody yep. Parker, Kurt Fuller. Oh goodness,
0: yeah. It's not like they have all week to prepare for one game or anything. No, it? not at all. I mean. <laughs> All right, so real quick, Nick, I just want to test you. I don't know if you have the stat in front of you, and if you do, don't look. How many yards All per right. pass did uh, Peterman have today against the Bears?
1: Oh, yards per pass. Um, he and I'll say like three. Yeah, three point two. Nice. Yeah. Nice. A- okay, I didn't look, and that's not on here, so I'm a whiz, I guess. There we go. Just, <laughs> uh, this is me. Uh,
0: this is my fancy segue into our final thoughts on defense, because when you look at it. Uh, The Bills ran 81 yards. They were 6 of 18 on third down, which is, again, only 33% conversion rate, which isn't egregious by any means. But uh, the Bears, despite being on the field for 81 plays, they only allowed 3.3 yards per play. Like How much more do you want? Like That's it. Like If you're only allowing 3.3 yards per play, you're going to win the ball game. I know the Bears had 4.1, but at one point it was way higher than that, and then the score kind of flipped, and they kind of took it easy. Uh, so for me, looking at uh, 3.3 yards per play, uh, the Bears defense, despite being on the field for 81 snaps a day, um, is a testament to the determination, uh, the willingness to finish, which I know is a very big buzzword right now in Hollis Hall, and of course, other conditioning to do that all game long because in the past, we've known this. When the Bears' defense is on there for you know seventy plus plays, uh, the effort level goes down because they don't have much left in the tank. So for them to find a way to you know keep you know the energy levels up despite the lead, despite being on the field so much, and only hold Buffalo to three point three yards per play. I'm I'm fine with that. That's uh more than enough. And it obviously was today with that forty one to nine victory. So for me, uh the Bears defense did all we needed, the four turnovers and uh, on top of the, you know, it's more of the icing on top of the cake for me. Uh what about you, B? Any final thoughts on defense?
2: This was a game that the Bears defense needed, uh needed to perform well at, which they absolutely did. Uh made a lot of plays today, uh able to build some momentum, get some confidence going. So after giving up thirty-one and overtime at Miami and then giving up thirty-eight at home to New England. Uh, which is you know, kind of tough to stop. But regardless, after giving up all those points in two weeks and then shutting Buffalo down to, to nine and then the Jets to 10 the week before that, uh, just a very uh, good way to end the AFC East stint here before we start really playing divisional games where we really need the defense to be able to step up. So this was a good confidence builder for this unit uh, and one that I'm really excited to see for the rest of the year if they continue to play at this level.
0: Just a real quick update, uh, JJ Sankovic on Twitter said that Aaron Lynch mentioned that he won't change, change the number of thrusts that earned him the penalty today, um, but uh, it would be the same amount, but it'll be uh, in a short, shorter term period, so he'll try to get him in a little <laughs> bit quicker next time, so just to let you know, that's something to keep an eye on as we progress through the season, I know you get the most important updates here on the podcast, but what about you, Nick? Final thoughts on defense?
1: Yeah, I think this was a great game, obviously, overall, just being a dominant performance. But they did this, again, without Cleo Mack. That was the question. How can this defense, uh, you know, play without their best player, the best defensive player, the highest defensive player in the league? And, again, 10 points last week to the Jets, nine points this week to the Bills. Not the best offenses, clearly, but still, they're stringing together great games. And like Brandon said perfectly, going into division play now where you're going to need a dominant defense to you know, go against some some better quarterbacks in the league, some better offenses now. So I'm glad that we're seeing this happen against these bad units. So that that confidence, that play that's happening now, translates over the next couple of weeks. Exactly, because
0: you know, even though, and you're going to get those people saying, "Well, like, even though the Jets and the Bills, the Bears' defense played really well, uh, they're playing the Bills and they're playing the Jets." I'm fine with that because these are the offenses that we must take care of, and in the past. Uh, these are opponents that we kind of played down to a little bit, and that has not happened this year under Matt Nagy. So uh, the fact that we are able to beat the Jets convincingly, uh, beat the Buffalo Bills way more convincingly than New England did last week against them on Monday Night Football, that gets me very excited as a Bears fan about the potential and the future of this team because to take care of business like they did today, uh, now they're going to have some tougher games coming up, but I feel like they're going to step up to the challenge because they have over the past couple of weeks. And now, like I said, we're 5-3 and three at the midway point of this season, and it's anybody's game. And I think that a lot of the players who've been here for a while, like a Danny Trevathan um, and Akeem Hicks, a Kyle Long, I know he's injured, but he's still in that locker room. Um, they can sense, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel that has been barreling over Halis Hall for some time now. And you better believe they're going to try to do everything they can in their power to get out of the rut, get into the playoffs and kind of change the script here in Chicago. And I think we're starting to see some of the beginnings of that right now with this team, which gets me very excited. Uh, So let's go ahead and jump right into the fourth and final quarter. And let's begin with a quick hit on special teams today. Uh, Nick, I'll let you go because I'm sure you're going to talk about number 29.
1: 29. Yeah. I mean, there was a Devin Hester-like return. And it is Devin Hester's birthday today where Tariq Cohen goes one way, turns it around, goes upfield, gets a great gain on that play. So, I mean, great for Tariq Cohen, but you still want to see... Because if he doesn't get positive yards out of that, you're like, what are you doing, Tariq Cohen? But he is a great player. He's able to make those plays happen. But I actually want to allude to the first two special teams plays that happened early on in the game. There was a terrible punt by Paddle Down. I don't know how far it traveled, but it didn't travel very far. So it was on the very right after the very first Bears offensive series. And then after that, we get an illegal block in the back on the next uh, punt by Sherrick McManus. So you see these special teams at times hurt the Bears and – um, obviously, you want to get that cleaned up, but there was a positive with Cody Parkey today, so that's good. There were a
0: couple of positives. Uh, I would counter your very poor mega punt with a very good mega punt later on in the game. It was like a 61-yarder, so he was able What's to— What's the do differential?
1: Go,
0: I'll, I'll find up his stats <laughs> real quick. How many punts did we have? I don't have it in front of me. Sad face. Uh, we, we had five
1: for 200 yards. So do the for quick fun. math at like 40 40
0: punt. Okay, that doesn't 40. sound good. A lot of short yards, though, I'm I'm assuming. We'll go back and check. I don't have all the punts in my notes. I apologize. <laughs> um, But, no, Cody Parkey, uh, two for two today. Um, Again, it wasn't a game where we needed him. Um, But even in these instances, for him to have a couple of opportunities to go out there, hit him, and gain some more confidence because with him missing over the last few weeks, I mean, we need that confidence in him down the stretch so for him to have an opportunity to uh, race that confidence get a little bit more comfortable that's great and i was glad he was able to uh i know there wasn't a lot of pressure to make those kicks um i want to see him make some of these crunch time kicks um but at least two for two today was a bonus and brandon i guess i'm going to give you the softball here to toss up uh with the Tariq Owen one maybe are we going to talk about this at all
2: uh no i was gonna ask if <laughs> Quan mazel is going to be the continuous uh kick returner uh, oh, I think we have seen him seen him two or three times in the game, but I just thought it was kind of kind of weird to see him instead of Benny Cunningham back there. I don't know.
0: You guys are killing me, but uh, <laughs> no, that's a good question. I know I asked this last week on the podcast if we should look elsewhere because Benny Cunningham hasn't been getting the job done. He's been, uh, to put it bluntly, you know, like slows my asses out there when he does have the ball in his hands, and uh, hasn't done a lot in terms of returning. So yeah, it's interesting. I don't think that will be the case because I doubt they'll want. Well, maybe it depends on who they'll they bring Adam Shaheen
1: that. back on to the active roster yeah, most it's, likely it's, next it's, week. So Mizell, back to the practice squad. Well, Deion Sims is out with a concussion. He's in protocol right now. Oh, that's a, well. I mean, look, obviously, I don't want players to get injured, but it's Deion Sims that you know opens <laughs> things up for Adam <laughs> Shaheen. It's that's it sounds awful, but he hasn't been playing great this season. Adam Shaheen's going to get an opportunity hopefully next week.
0: It's so impeccable
1: timing to say the least. Yeah, yeah, there you go.
0: Okay, so I just want to say there was a 36 yard punt return today by Tariq Cohen, just in case he didn't know. And it was really uh, it was one of those almost no, 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 yes, yes, yes kind of punt returns. That's what I said talking. earlier. Did you?
1: Yeah, I said that. He did. That's why I didn't bring it up. Yeah, I said that. I thought you, you kind of mentioned it. I don't. Don't listen to me. Usually that's my job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> snap well okay as you can tell i was deep into not paying attention to nick but so you know <laughs> something happened and it happened with Rico, and it was a lot of fun i just wanted to mention it myself but uh i had a lot of fun watching that play um, i thought it was impeccable timing as speaking. I'm just going to use that phrase again because I couldn't think of a synonym for it um, in terms of it being Devin Hester's birthday as well. But you can tell Cohen was trying a little extra hard to do make something out of nothing. And that did lead to points as well. So that big, that was a very big 36 uh, yard punt return by him because um, it wasn't one he was going to take and he ended up doing it and did some special things with the ball in his hand. So uh, since you
2: wanted to throw that softball question away, I'll just say I didn't enjoy watching that one. <laughs> took a few years off of my life whenever you start turning backwards like that. But anyway.
0: I sprouted about maybe an extra gray hair or two as well. <laughs> um, but at the end result, I can breathe easy knowing that yes. you know, it was okay. Um, all right, guys. I want you to grade this game. I don't know, think you've been uh, tossing around that red pen all post-game show long. So you're going to be up first.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, with how the Bears played, we'll, we'll give it all phases. And the offense really wasn't needed much in this one. So I'm gonna give it an A. I think 41 to nine. Anytime you can beat, just have a dominant performance over another NFL team on the road, even though it's a team that has its issues offensively just throughout. That's a dominant performance by the Bears. Something that, like you said, Will, we probably wouldn't have seen, you know, in the John Fox era. We know, we know, we wouldn't have seen that. So it's gonna be an A for me. They have to work on some things, obviously, but 41 to nine, that's a great score to win by and a great team win. Boom. What about you, B?
2: I'm glad Nick included all three phases in his grade. Uh, I'm going to give it an A as well. Just like he said, the, the way the game went, the offense wasn't really needed. I'm not going to get overhyped going into Detroit. Uh, you know, we're going to school and we're going to shut him out. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, but this game does deserve an A because it was in dominating fashion. It was a lot of fun to watch. Defense really stepped up when they knew that they had to. uh knew they were going against a very weaker offense, and the, defense, or the, off, the Bears' offense knew that the Bills' defense was going to be pretty tough, and they did. Uh, Trubisky did look uncomfortable at times uh, when pressure has brought his way, and then something we've continued to see, and something that he hopefully grows in. Uh, so regardless, just how the game played out, it's got to be an A.
0: All right, and for me, I'm—I mean, I can't not you know bring out the broom here and give this an A as well because it was such a. It, I was, I was going to say, it's it not a complete game, but it's almost as good as you're going to get here against you know almost any NFL team. It's very hard to have a complete game, kind of like we did against the Buccaneers about a month ago now. So for me, despite that, I'm still giving it an A. I mean, look what the Patriots did last week against Buffalo. They're only able to find Pater at once. I can think of three touchdowns off the top of my head that the Bears are able to get on offense today. Add in the fact that the Bears had four turn- turnovers on defense, two of which ended up being, uh, you know, uh, points for the defense, finding a way to get a fumble recovery for a touchdown and a pick six from Leonard Floyd. Um, special teams, uh, even though they had their miscues, I believe that Tariq Cohen's play that led for another Bears scoring drive, that thirty-six yard part return, just to mention it one more time, guys, um, was another pivotal moment in this game to really put it out of reach. So for me. All things considered, you have to give it an A. You took care of business against an inferior opponent, gave them no chance all game long, which I know our fear was them potentially allowing the Bills to kind of hang around in there. And that didn't happen. So for me, taking care of business, showing up, getting the job done, doing exactly what we thought you could do, it deserves an A in my book. According to Twitter, it doesn't, though. Uh, I'm looking here on uh, the tweet I gave out to asking fans to grade the game 60% gave it a B. 35% give it an A. So I think that does average out to a B+. Plus. Um, so that's not terrible. But, but that's I, not. That's not an A. <laughs> it is not. But uh, regardless, uh, that is what Bears fans are thinking. And go ahead, guys. I want you to... Go ahead and wrap it up with your two-minute warning. Uh, put your final thoughts in this game. Uh, put things in pers- perspective moving forward. And I'm going to let one of you do it, and I'm going to read a few of my favorite tweets I had Bears fans summarize this game in one sentence, and then we'll go to the other. So, Brandon, kick things off with your two-minute warning.
2: Yeah, uh, I understand why Bears fans gave it a B, first of all. Uh, I mean, the offense wasn't necessarily there totally, uh, which is totally understand- understandable. I debated even giving this game a B, but Nick had me convinced with just the way the game played out uh, gets an A. So just putting it into a season-long perspective, if the if the Bears can play like this without Allen Robinson, without Cleo Mack, uh, they're going to be able to hang in some of these games if uh, they're not able to go against some tougher teams like Minnesota or the Rams, I think. They'll be able to hang in there. I don't know necessarily that they win those games, but It's good to know that we can win in dominating fashion without either of those two. And I think for the longevity of those two guys, it was good that they set out in this one. Uh, I like the aggressiveness that Matt Nagy's continuing to bring, keeping his stars out there throughout the duration of the game, even though that, you know, we're up 41 to nine at one point, kept most of the starters in there until late in the game. I think that really sends a message uh, Sends you know, trying to keep the offense, uh, trying to find them to get a rhythm going into next week. Uh, I think those are all good signs that he's trying to figure out. Uh, got to see some some backup players on defense because the starters just really, really dominated. The four turnovers on defense was huge. Hopefully that momentum continues going into Detroit because once one guy gets a turnover and sees how much fun it is, a lot of these guys like to jump in as we've seen uh, prior to the bye week. So hopefully that is what was needed to be able to get that train rolling in. As long as Cody Parker continues to hit uh, anything within 50 yards, and we're going to be in good shape. So uh, I think the Bears are trending in the right direction right now.
0: Absolutely. All right, going through these one-sentence summaries of the game, now, there's a, quite a few here to sift through, and there's a lot that I like, so I'm just going to scroll through real quick. Our friend Jonathan Wood had defense dominates, the Bears win big, hopefully nobody got seriously hurt. Um, looking down here, I see one from uh, Labo or Labo. It is, when you play Madden against your friend who just plays 2K, <laughs> <laughs> the Bears are who we thought they were. Uh, let's see, scrolling down here. Crown him, crown him. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, well, Cody has, remember when people were worried about this game? I do. Yes. Second quarter slugging came from James Hill. When you're, when the games you're supposed to win and make it look easy, I think that's a great one. And then uh, Greg, I think he has a very good point to end it with. The Buffalo Bills are a really, really, really bad team.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't
0: <laughs> agree well with that. I cannot. And I think that'll wrap it up for that. I think we're going to do that some more of these shows. Cause that was a lot of fun to go through. Like uh, having you guys uh, flex your creative muscles. And of course you get a little shout out here on the show, but Nick over to you now, what's your two minute warning.
1: Yeah. The bears are five and three atop of the NFC North and they're in a great position. The defense has had a uh, resurgence now being able to create turnovers, get points, just play dominant fashion. That's what we're going to need, like we've said earlier in the podcast. You have Detroit Lions at home, Minnesota Vikings at home, Lions again. Then you play the Giants for the next four games, that third quarter of the season. So the the Bears, are they're in a great spot. Offensively, they didn't have to do much today, but I still think that Trubisky made some great throws. Need to, you know, clean up some of the little things there. Penalties as well, you need to clean up there. And I think Matt Nagy can, uh, you know, Do, I think, a little better with his play calling. But it's hard to nitpick a 41-9 to victory over the Buffalo Bills because it was a dominant game. So just moving forward, I'm looking forward to what the Bears can do on all sides of the ball. And Cody Parkey got a little bit more confident today, I think. I think Trubisky feels good about himself. I know the defense feels good about themselves. And now they get Allen Robinson and Khalil Mack most likely back for next week at home versus Detroit. So Bears in a great position. Let's see where they can take this now in a two-game winning streak.
0: Yeah, great stuff there, Nick. And to just to jump right into my two-minute warning, again, uh, Nick, you mentioned a record, five and three. Uh, that, those five wins were the exact number of wins that we had all of last season, and we're only halfway there. So if you're not excited about this team, you really need to look take a hard look in the mirror because there are so many reasons uh, to not just be excited about this season, but also what's to come. The Bears just won their last two games um, in a convincing fashion without the best player on defense. Not even that, probably the best, not even probably the best player on the entire team and Cleo Mack being on the sidelines. You're going to bring in Allen Robinson back because your big body target, that should only help this offense going forward as well. So for the Bears, to find a way to beat the Jets, beat the Bills, which are teams they should beat, without some of their top talent on both sides of the ball, that is a very positive sign about not just the depth of this team, but also the coaching. And I know that today the penalties really hurt. I think, what was it, 14 penalties that the Bears had called against them today? And I know entering this week, the Bears were the second most, second least penalized team in the entire league, so... Uh, Take it as one of those anomalies that shouldn't really find itself rearing its head for the rest of the season because regardless of those 14 penalties, I know this Bears team is a very disciplined unit and I don't think that they're going to find a way to make sure penalties lose them any games moving forward. When you look at Trubisky, even though the stat lines aren't you know, overly impressive, like Nick said, he made some very special throws today and some money downs, uh, enabling, enabling this offense to sustain drives, put up points on the football, uh, put points on the football, put points up on the board. Uh, so for me, uh, I'm very excited about the offense's future now that we get Allen Robinson back, having some young guys step up um, just all across the board. So for me, looking at this Bears team, you won five games now in the first eight. Let's try to win six. Let's try to win five down the next stretch as well. Put yourself in a position uh, to not just make the playoffs. Let's win this division. It's been quite a long time. And I think, like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think a lot of people who've been here for quite some time can kind of taste that that is now becoming a reality and are going to kind of take those next steps to really kind of close the gap and make sure that they can do everything in their power to make that reality, uh, you know, that reality actually become something that's real here uh, sooner rather than later. So for me, uh, this is a game that the Bears won more convincingly than all of us thought they would. Uh, that's a surprise, and that's a very pleasant surprise to have indeed. So let's see what the Bears can do against Detroit next week. I think last I saw they gave up 10 sacks today. So just to put that in perspective, uh, what the Bears' pass rush can do with a Cleo Mack coming back into the mix. Wow. <laughs> Alright, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I want to think everyone here is watching live on YouTube, uh listening to the podcast, no matter our, where you are around the world, just know that we appreciate you. This was episode three hundred and one. So another big thank you for the first three hundreds. This is a great way to start the next three hundred. And if you like the show and you haven't yet, please review our show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Every review we we receive from fellow Bears fans like you does help us become uh, you know, potentially reach our exposure to more Bears fans. That way we can have our audience, uh, people like you, kind of grow as this team is growing right before our very eyes. We're going to begin our Week 10 Lions preview in just a couple days. And I'm trying to talk the guys into a bonus show this week as well, so stay tuned for that. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.